You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you feel like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hell, I suck at dating. With Dean Unglert and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to an all-new episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. And it's a special, special episode because not only is it just another episode, but it's also the last episode (laughs) Of 2021, believe it or not, the year That's insane. It's drawn to a close, man. Jared, I got to ask you one question. Just one. This is gonna be a short ass podcast if you're only asking me one question. <laughs> yeah, I figure we'll give our listeners a break and just have a five minute podcast at the <laughs> end of the year. Um, what What was your 2021 like? Do you would you consider it overall a good year, a bad year, a weird year? It sounds. It seems like a lot happened for you this year, but what would you overall? What, what would you rate it? Yeah, I always get a little emotional towards the end of the year. I think of that John Lennon song where he's like, and it's a Christmas song. I can't remember the name of it now, but he's like, a, 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 uh, a year like just went and a new one begins. I get like very attached to, to years and looking back and thinking about everything that's happened. So when I think about 2021, definitely a good year. I mean, dude, I'm still breathing. If I'm breathing, it's been a good year. And so we moved from Los Angeles Back to Rhode Island, cross country. That feels like 10 years ago, but that was earlier this year. Went back to school and graduated. Got my bachelor's. Long time coming. Uh, Started a business. It's going well. I'm exhausted and just tired 24-7, but it's going really well. Uh, Ashley is pregnant. We're having a kid. Uh, What else happened? I got to say, of all of all the things for you to list off, I, I'm surprised it took you that long to say Ashley got pregnant. If it Because now it doesn't feel that different. Nothing really has changed. In the beginning, it felt a lot different when she was constantly sick and debilitated and couldn't do anything. She's still yeah. a little sick, but now she's a functioning human being just with a big belly. So it feels a little bit normal right now. I'm sure next year when the kid is born, that is when it's going to be like, okay, <laughs> This was a drastic change from my life prior. But as of right right now, it's like, oh, yeah, she just bumps into things with her belly. That's pretty much the difference right now. Uh, And what else? You know, uh, you know, unfortunately, had a couple lost. My grandfather passed away and we lost our childhood dog. You know, you lost Pappy. So there's it's, you know, definitely a little bit of a sad year, too. But, you know, it's kind of weird because when I think about death, it's a part of life and you know, you had so much, you know, you were able to give Pappy such a good life towards the end. And I think about my grandfather and it's like, it's tragic, but he was also at 90. And I'm like, man, if I, my parents make it till 90, how could I ever complain? So I don't know. This year put a lot of things into perspective, I think. A lot of life altering moves. So 2021, uh, personally, uh, I felt it was a good year. Very philosophical of you. You know, with- yeah, dude, I get philosophical towards the end of the year. I, I, like I said, it's it's an emotional time, man. We're getting older. You know, it's crazy. We're getting older every second. We're older now than we were when we started this podcast too, which is uh, 
It's scary to think about. That you know? is a fact. And dude, it's 2022. How do we not have flying cars yet? Well, it's not 2022 yet. We, we got to cut ourselves some slack here. Well, almost. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm watching this dog run around. He, right before we started this podcast, we've got these sliding glass doors here in uh, Los Angeles. And he like ran full steam ahead right into the sliding glass door and he, he spunked his head pretty hard. It's very sad, but very funny to see. He's fine, obviously. Um, 2021 was, uh, you know, I would say overall pretty gosh darn good year. I'm trying to think back all the way to January. Um, I, I mean, obviously we bought our house in 2021. I am never thought I'd be a homeowner, but here we are living our best lives out in Las Vegas. And uh, that's pretty, you know, pretty interesting and exciting for us, I suppose. Um, obviously we lost Pappy pretty recently. Uh, that was pretty traumatic and heartbreaking, but like you said, with all death comes life. And honestly, the fact that we get to experience death is like a pretty, pretty large blessing. You know what I mean? Like the fact that we're experiencing other things die around us as morbid as it sounds is like pretty cool. Cause that just means that we're living long and we're, yeah. we're you know, it's like, it's, and to be able to like process those types of things is really unique and interesting. So uh, that sucked, but it was, you know, it's still, I guess, whatever. Uh, <laughs> we just got this new dog um, just the other day. His name from the shelter is Muttley. I was just telling you guys before we got on air. He's Muttley. He's nine years old. He weighs 22 pounds and he should be weighing like 12 pounds. So he's a good 10 pounds overweight. Uh, he's got cataracts or something wrong with his eyeballs. But, uh, you know, we we kind of felt we were kind of torn on what to do because like, we're still grieving the loss of Pappy, but we like missed the little pitter patters of footsteps around the house. Oh, he's peeing in the house right now. Oh, he's a marker, so he just marks things all the time. Yeah, he's it's his new house, bro. He's got a you know he's got a he's got to let you guys know who's boss. He's laying claim to the house as he should, as he should. Um, he, we yeah, we weren't sure what to do because we miss Pappy. We're still grieving the loss of Pappy, but like at the end of the day, we miss uh, just the companionship that the dog brought into our lives and. Um, as weird as it sounds, like, you know, just to have like a third person in the relationship, like obviously it's not really a person, it's a dog, but, uh, you can kind of have like, he's like a therapist in a way you can kind of have like conversations with each other through the dog. And he's like, kind of like the impartial bystander in any of those conversations. Yeah. Dogs are the best listeners. What is his, what is his name again? Well, from the foster, his name was Muttley. Um, and he's got like medical records dating back to, you know, years ago with the name Muttley. So that is his name, but we hate the name Muttley. Oh, he's a good boy. We've got like three names. Uh, we've, well, we've got like five names that we want to consider. I want to name him Alistair uh, after the guy from Harry Potter with the wonky eyeball because he's got a wonky eyeball. I thought that'd be pretty funny. Or, oh, uh, yeah, you know the teacher. Yeah, the professor. Um, or I want to name him Gordo, uh, which would be funny because Caitlin loves Lizzie McGuire, but also Gordo in Spanish means fat. And since he's so overweight, it's kind of like a double entendre in a sense. Uh, I like that. Easton also just chimed in. Mad-Eye Moody. That's what I was trying yeah. to think of. Alistair Mad-Eye Moody. That's right. And then I said, let's name him Moody, but Caitlin wasn't into Moody. And then the last one, um, I think I wanted to name him Oslo or something like that. It's just hard because we like we don't want to keep calling him Muttley, but we want to like settle on a name. And so we're just giving it some time. So I vote for Mad-Eye Moody, the, f- the whole name. Yeah, Alistair Mad-Eye Moody. So every time, like, Mad-Eye Moody, come here. Come here, Mad-Eye <laughs> Moody. Play dead, Mad-Eye Moody. That's the thing, too. It's like you don't want to be, like, yelling at the dog and having to spit out, like, nine syllables because what, what kind of... It's like when, you're, when your parents would be, like, really angry at you and they would use your middle name to yell at you. Dude, that dog is nine years old and you guys just got him. There's no way you're yelling at that dog. You're yeah. going to spoil the shit out of Muttley. As you well should. His name's not Muttley, okay? It's... Alistair Mad-Eye Moody. Sorry, you're going to spoil the shit out of Alistair Mad-Eye Moody. And he should um, have all four names. So overall, I, I think I got a little sidetracked there. Overall, 2021, great, great year. Um, minus the, the negatives. And like, obviously, we've kind of got a, a better hold on this whole COVID thing. So we've been able to travel a little bit more freely. Um, obviously, we got this whole Omicron thing going on and all that kind of stuff. But We've got we've gotten some of our liberties back, which is pretty nice. You know, like we can go outside and like go to stores and see friends and not have to worry as much. So yeah, I would say pretty pretty decent year all around. I remember when I was single and thinking about the new year and be like, oh, you know, this is the year that I'm gonna meet. Like I I, I would I would think a lot whether it be Christmas or New Year's when I was single. 
and be like, okay, by this time next year, I will be in a relationship so I don't spend the holidays alone. And then a year would go by and I would be single again, spending the holidays alone and be like, okay, I didn't really get that far this year. Next year is the year that I'm going to have a relationship. And then a year would go by and then the same thing. And then I ended up getting married and that's how my life went. <laughs> so you were always hoping to be in a relationship for a lot You didn't think like, I guess maybe I just, I reminisce too much and I glorify the past. So I, th- I, I like, I always think like during Christmas that, okay, next year at Christmas, I will be in a relationship. But I don't think I'm alone on that. Everybody feels lonely during the holidays when they're single. Well, there's a reason it's there's a reason it's called the cuffing season, you know, because it's cold outside. You just want someone to like stay indoors with and snuggle with and drink hot cocoa and maybe put down like a glass of wine or two, watch a, a crappy, funny movie. Isn't that funny that the weather like <laughs> makes you either want to be single in a relationship? Winter right. you want to be in a relationship, summer, summer you want you to be want single. To be single. It is, it is pretty curious why that, I mean, obviously it's pretty clear why it is, but like, it is funny how it's just like uniform across the, like, no matter where you are in the world, as long as there's like these dramatic swings between seasons, I'm sure everyone feels exactly the same way. Like summer, you're like taking your clothes off and you're partying at the beach. Winter, you're bundling up and you just want to like be cozy. There's, there's suntan lotion. Speaking of, um, speaking of having a tan, Jared. Yeah, no. When's the last time you went outside? (laughs) Dude, I haven't seen the sun in like three weeks, all right? I'm a (laughs) hardworking man. You're looking real Robert Pattinson-esque, which I'm sure Ashley loves. Dude, it's crazy how pale I get. It's honestly an insecurity (laughs) of mine. I, uh, I remember one time, Ashley, I made Ashley cry. I felt bad. But at the same time, she made me feel bad. So I get super pale during the winter. And it's an insecurity of mine because I feel like I don't look that good pale. I'm like translucent. But I walked in, this was during the pandemic, I think. I can't remember what it was. But point is, we were at Ashley's parents' house and I walked into the room and Ashley was like, man, you are looking real pale lately. (laughs) And I said, yeah, well, you're looking real pimply lately. Ooh. Uh, apparently I hit a nerve and she started crying and she was like, you know, that's an insecurity of mine. I was like, well, that's an insecurity of mine. She's like, it's the hormones. It's not me. I know. So I'd, I'd actually like to put a poll out there to suck army because I still feel like I didn't do that much wrong. What do you think? She came at me. She said, you're looking real pale lately. And granted, she said it sarcastically, but there was definitely truth in it because as you can see, I get yeah. white as hell. So then I rebuttaled with, well, you're yeah. looking real pimply lately. Okay, okay. She started crying and she thought that I was being a jerk. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. <laughs> you don't care. Uh, no, I, oh, I absolutely care. Um, you know how bad, how hurt you were for her to say that thing to you. And then you were like, this pain sucks. Feel it with me. That's pretty, that's pretty bad. That's a jerk move. Great. On top of that, on top of that, on top of wanting her to commiserate with you and in, in that bad feeling, she's also pregnant and she's bearing the fruit of your loins. Um, I think that she kind of gets, she should get a, a, a pass for any mean thing she says from now until mid-February and probably, uh, you know, a few months beyond. To be fair, I can't remember if she was pregnant or not. I don't remember when oh. this was. Oh, well, in that case, in that case. Yeah, 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 yeah. Changes the whole <laughs> dynamic of the conversation. East in China, or no, Hana said, said jerk. Well, so she's allowed to like jab at me, but I can't jab back. Is this, this seems a little sexist. Oh, Hana says, yup. I mean, listen, um, it happens, it happens with me and Kaylin pretty often. You know, she'll say something uh, digging at one of my insecurities. Actually, no, she doesn't really, but. It does take a lot of self-restraint not to like lean in and say something mean back. And I just, she, she probably caught you on an off day, you know, like, let's give you the, the benefit of the doubt there. You were just having an off day. You were a little irritable, perhaps. Maybe you hadn't had your morning cup of coffee. Maybe you had too mm. much coffee. Mm-hmm. Could have been easy. I don't know. I don't know, but you're still looking back on it now saying you don't think you did anything wrong, which maybe you did. Maybe, maybe there's some context here that we're missing out on. No, not really. That's the whole story right there. So I want, yeah, suck army. Let us know in the emails and on Instagram. I want to know if I was being a jerk or not. Like, or at least, can we at least agree? Maybe I was 60, it was 60, 40. 
Is that a fair number? Hannah, what do you think? At least I'll take I'll take 60% of the blame. I'm not saying Ashley's completely... She says, sure. She doesn't care. This is ridiculous. She, Ashley deserves at least 40% of the blame on that one. Let me say this. If it wasn't for Ashley making that original comment, there would have been no need for you to make the rebuttal. So, yes, yeah, she's not blameless in the situation. There's no question about it. Um, Just how much blame are we, are we willing to put on Ashley? I'm yeah. saying 40 <laughs> If we if we want to put a number to it, I would say 60-40 is good. 60% your fault, 40% her fault. Uh, there's this one quote that always sticks with me that maybe you should carry this over next time Ashley says, uh, you know, takes a dig at you. Oh, God, can't wait to hear it. It's it's simple. It's just, uh, it's controversy. Wait. <laughs> uh, conflict can't survive without your participation. And so if she says something mean, there can't be any conflict unless you choose to participate in that conflict. So all you got to do is wash your hands clean and in your head. Maybe, maybe just say it in your head, but don't say it out loud and just walk away and be the bigger man. Be the bigger person, I guess, not to be too gender specific here. That's my advice. But what do I know? I I suck at dating just as much as anyone else. It's just it's it's funny to look back and uh diagnose the situation. Yeah, hindsight's always 2020. Well, we do have some hot topics that are coming up. One specific that I really want to talk about is uh, about uh, a human being we've talked a lot about on this podcast, specifically recently. So make sure you stay tuned. Uh, We're going to get into that right after this break. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. And as Jared promised, there's a human being that we talk about way, way too much. Well, let's, I, I digress. 
too much. That one person, I don't think we talk that about one person on this podcast talks about way, way too much. Yeah, that's a fair point. I'm going to read this because I feel like you're a little too close to it. So I'm going to read it, and then I want, you, I want to hear your thoughts on it. So the headline is, Ben Affleck says he felt trapped in his marriage to Jennifer Garner, which that headline is... Is, is bad enough as it is. This dog, I'm sorry, the dog's freaking out right now. So, okay, I'm going to read this little article real quick. Ben Affleck opened up about his marriage to Jennifer Garner, and social media is not happy. The last dual star talked to Howard Stern about being wed to Garner and said that, he, that had they not split in 2015, that he would probably still be drinking. It's part of why I started drinking, Affleck told Howard Stern, because he was trapped. Obviously, we know they broke up not too long ago. Uh, their parents are of the 16-year-old and 12-year-old and 9-year-old kid. They had a marriage that didn't work. Obviously, all these things. But Ben Affleck ultimately said that they tried, they tried, and we tried because we had kids. The Academy, Academy Award-winning actor has been open about the struggle with alcohol and addiction. He says, "I was like, I, it was like I can't leave because of my kids and I'm not happy, but what do I do? Affleck later said, what I, what I did was drink a bottle of scotch, fall asleep on the couch, which turned out to be a bad solution to the problem. He says, uh, oh, don't blame it on her is what he's saying. So basically what, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to paraphrase. I was trying to read ahead. And that's why I couldn't really get it all out. So basically what he's saying is he felt trapped in his marriage with Jennifer Garner because they had three kids and he felt like he had to resort to alcohol. And so Jared... As a big Ben Affleck fan, this doesn't sound bad. It sounds like it's probably a lot more common than we uh, are, are willing to admit, right? What do you think? I don't get why this is such a revelation or why he's getting so much criticism because I feel like he is getting kind of whacked across the face right now. People are mad at Ben Affleck to the point he was on Jimmy Kimmel the other day and he addressed it because he felt like he was getting so much criticism. Hmm. And I don't get why. Listen, Jennifer Gardner seems like a sweetheart. I was really hoping that those two would work things out because, again, I like Ben Affleck a lot. And But he's with J-Lo, so I'm happy for him. <laughs> but, dude, it's like it, he wasn't bl- – it didn't seem to me like he was blaming Jennifer Gardner. It just seemed like he was saying, I was unhappy, I was depressed, so I started drinking. I don't know. In no point does it seem like he's blaming Jennifer Gardner for him being an alcoholic. He seems mm-hmm. like he's blaming himself. Um, I think. So. I think the big the big uh, headline, so to speak, is it's not that he was blaming Jennifer Gardner, but more so that he felt trapped in his relationship with her. And I think the part of that is because of the kids that they had, right? Well, I mean, have you ever felt like you were trapped in a relationship? Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a pretty shitty feeling, isn't it? Where you feel like you can't leave. And then you add kids to the situation. Mm-hmm. It makes it way worse. Now, listen, if you want to give him flack for like publicly discussing this, then sure. But mm-hmm. at the same time, we always praise celebrities who open up their lives to us and become vulnerable and talk about real things. This is a real thing. And listen, Jennifer Gardner, like she seems awesome and I just don't. I I think Ben Affleck can be open and honest without and without blaming Jennifer Garner. Does that make sense? Like the yeah. two are not mutually exclusive. He could say he was unhappy and felt like he was trapped, and he started drinking because of that. And he can also not be blaming Jennifer Garner, which I think he's doing simultaneously. Right. I agree with what you're saying. It's not That's even. It's think. not even a matter of who it was that he was married to. It was just the fact of the position that he was in. And that's why he was like drinking more and all that stuff. It's like he could have been married to J-Lo, for instance, at that time, too. And I feel like this feeling still would have festered and uh, bubbled up to the surface. I mean, I don't want to get into the thick of it, but that's just that's just my interpretation of it. It's not who, it's just a matter of him at the end of the day. Like, you know what I mean? So I, my question for you is, how does he how is he absorbing all of this backlash? Because he doesn't have social media, I thought. Uh, I think he might be on Instagram, but it's just like news publications. He's obviously aware of what people are saying about him. That's all it is. He's not ignoring the noise. I'll be honest. I didn't know that he had kids. Oh, yeah. He has two, three kids with Jennifer Gardner, I think. I thought he was dating Ana de Armas. Uh, who? Ana de Armas. She was from like War Dogs and she, uh, she's like the new James Bond, I think. Oh, no. He might have, like, uh, you know, might have been a fling. Easton's coming they, in. He knows all about this, apparently. <laughs> that was an exciting time for to be a Ben Affleck fan. Uh, they were dating in, like, 2020, 
right right before the JLo um, reboot, mm. and she was in Knives Out. If you remember, she she's the main oh, yeah. in Knives Out. Yeah, she and she's a very uh, attractive young lady. But um, yeah, she is. What else? She's in Bond. What what else is she known for? There's something else. War Dogs. She's the wife and Miles Teller's wife in War Dogs. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I don't know. That's that's what I think put her on the scene. I only know all these things because my one of my roommates is uh is in madly in love with her. So. There's there's a movie. Uh, the title escapes me. I'll find it. But uh, Keanu Reeves is in it, and Ana de Armas gets naked in it, and it's a very fun movie for those two reasons. But, nice. Yeah, I, I think Keanu has sex with her in that movie. But um, wow, I'll send you the title off the air. Thanks for sharing that, Easton. I really appreciate that. That definitely added to the. You're welcome. To the that, that's why I'm here. <laughs> Um, a quick, quick sidebar before we, uh, wait, what were you going to say, Jared? Cause I was going to say, like, cause you were asking about like, oh, is he getting trashed? Like I'm, I just Googled Ben Affleck and, uh, like all these articles came out. Now granted it's like page six, but it says like, you know, Jennifer Gardner pals, trash Ben Affleck, call his comments disgusting. Uh, cosmopolitan Jennifer Gardner's friends think Ben Affleck in is disgusting. Uh, ba 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 ba. New York Post, well, you know, it says Ben Affleck's cruelty knows no limits after terrible Jennifer Gardner insult. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and then, yeah, just like a couple of things. Well, I want to say that I... Uh, Maybe we should listen to the whole interview, but like, I don't know, those quotes, I'm like, you know, I don't know. Like page six also says Jennifer Lopez is pissed about Ben Affleck dissing Jennifer Gardner. It's just that, like, who, who... Where do you get that information from? Like, who's saying that Jennifer Garner is pissed? I'm sure it's like a, a quote unquote inside source saying these things that, like, obviously it's just no one. Like, it, they're just assuming that she's pissed and they're trying to like spin some sort of clickbaity article out of it. I want to say that I'm I'm happy that both of them were able to get out of the relationship. You know, it's hard to it's hard to leave those relationships. I can only imagine when you have kids, especially, and you're you know of a certain age, for lack of a better word, where it's like you're you're very hesitant to get back into the dating pool. I think a lot of people are like willing to stick through those shitty and crappy relationships because of all of the hurdles that would come after it. So props to them for getting out of it. You know, like I think that's something worth commending. Well, what? Did, so you said you felt trapped in a relationship before. What did you do? Um, I think whenever I felt trapped in a relationship, and this is a, this is years ago, I would resort to like getting wasted with my friends and like going out and making like a bad decision, like you know, like a one night stand or something like that, because I think. Uh, I'm so conflict averse that I would always give the other person in the relationship a reason to like break up with me, you know? Yeah. So you'd give them the upper hand. You intentionally lost the game. Yeah. You, for you tanked. Of, you, you were right, like, right. You were like the Atlanta Hawks who were just yeah. like in the NBA, just like, Hey, let's tank and try to get the number one pick. And, and for I you, wish it was like, so, let I me just tank this relationship too. and try to get out of this. I wish I had the like the the uh, ment- uh, the the testicular fortitude to just like step up and be like this isn't working for me we should get out but but I just made bad decisions and I hurt people more by doing those things. By, so, by the way, is Mad Eye Moody just scratching at the couch right now? Because yeah, can, can you guys hear that? Oh, a thousand percent. Hello, Alistair. <laughs> Alistair Mad Eye Moody, you are adorable. He's a digger. He was a. Uh, he, he was laying in bed with us last night, his first night, and he was digging for like a good 30 minutes, just like this. Well, he's got to get you, comfy. He does well, have like, a big well, belly, doesn't he? Look at that well, thing. He what does this well. accomplish? Is well, he like softening up his little laying area or something? I, I think it is, because like, well, Lois does the same thing. She'll dig and then lay down in the area she just dug. Now, he's going to town, though, because he's still doing it. I mean, we're on That's a solid 90 seconds here. Look, like, Pappy would do this, too, but he would maybe do, like, three scratches and be like, okay, cool, that's enough. This guy just goes and goes and goes. Is uh, Mad-Eye Moody fixed? He is fixed. He's also, oh, okay. he, we think he's too fat to, like, lick his butt. We think he, like, needs to lick something on his butt, but we're just not sure what. So we got to slim he, him down a little bit. He, oh, look uh, at him. He was in the foster program for a whole month before we got him, and apparently he weighed even. He was even heavier. He was like six pounds heavier than this. So, oh wow, Alistair, he's got some, he's got some work to do. But, um, anyways, what were we talking about? Oh, he's gonna <laughs> cuddle. He's cuddling right up against you. Hi, Matt. I Moody. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Yeah. That, so that's that's oh, that guy. Where's Lois? Um, what about you? Have you ever felt trapped in a relationship before? Uh, yeah, there was one relationship, but it was uh, nobody's fault but my own where I felt trapped at the end where I, I, I was having difficulty getting out of it. And it was that age old story where we would break up and then we would say, hey, let's take a break for a month and see how it goes. And we knew it was just going downhill and it was sad and tragic. And just again, like you, I wish I had the, you know, 
Um, I wish I was just, I handled the situation better. I always, you know, it's kind of one thing I look back on and regret. I wish I was more mature in that moment to just handle the situation better and be able to communicate better uh, and be more honest and transparent with how I was feeling and, and where we wanted to go. But it's tough, man. It's so much easier said than done. You just don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. You don't want to be the bad guy. You don't want to make someone sad or, you know, you don't want to be a part of something that's not working out. So I, you know, with Ben Affleck and Jennifer Gardner, with any, you know, people who, who get divorced out there, you know, I, I'm assuming that a lot of people who get divorced, they kind of feel like they almost failed. That's how I felt mm-hmm. anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's how everybody feels, but at least in my personal experience, anytime a relationship ended, it was like, just felt like a failure type type thing. Not, you know, not that it was a waste of time or, you know, I made a mistake. It just felt like I failed, you know, that's Mm. what it felt like. And so that's when I felt trapped where I I felt like I was just letting the other person down constantly. And I felt like a piece of human being and I would try to mask it or I would try to just distract myself. Or like you said, like, just kind of like put it to the side and hope, you know, hope that time would heal all wounds. So I think uh, I think something you kind of gain with uh, age and the fact that you know you're in your relationship with Ashley now and that's going to be the relationship you're in for the rest of your life and me with Kaylin and just kind of what you can like look back on and understand better is there are like so many relationships that you were meant to have that were like meant to fail you know what I mean so that way you could like be a better husband to your now wife and I think that when you're going through like a breakup or a rough patch with a girlfriend when, when you're younger is you're thinking about all of the negative things about it but like all of those negative things are going to lead you to hopefully eventually be like a better partner for you know you're like I said you're now wife or if your parents get divorced like imagine if your parents got divorced and they would be like oh our marriage was a failure because we're divorced now and you're looking at them and you're like well no like your marriage gave you guys me I don't think I I don't think that makes you a failure you know what I mean so I think that there's a yeah. lot of different ways you can look at it yeah a hundred percent. It's weird because I guess even though they're the same word, I kind of define them differently between being a failure and having failed at something. Mm-hmm. I know it's the same thing, but being a failure sounds so much worse to me. It sounds like being a loser. <laughs> I think because being a failure kind of insinuates that you're like a repeat offender. You're you failed many times and you will always be failing. Yeah, where when you failed at something, you just, you failed, you know, Mm -hmm. you failed the test or, you know, you failed to accomplish a task. It was just more so that one instance that you were not, quote unquote, good enough um, to, uh, you know, achieve your goal, so to speak. But yeah, being a failure. Yeah. When you say it like that, I'm like, oh, Jesus, never mind. I want to take that word out of the vocabulary. That sounds terrible. (laughs) <laughs> hey, we didn't uh, we didn't get to talk about this much in the first segment, but what is, what's your plan for Christmas? Uh, plan for Christmas, staying home. Uh, so my sister just had her, you know, baby girl. So uh, we'll probably just go over to that house, eat at home. Dude, I just want to eat at home and then pass out at five o'clock. I and then like open gifts or, you know, in the morning, even though it'll be all gift cards, but that's totally fine. It's more so just sitting down around the tree, opening gifts, having a Christmas story on in the background, really just feeling all the nostalgia that I crave. That's what I'm looking forward to. Um, Christmas Eve, I think I'm going to go over my cousins, which I'm so excited about. I just love family gatherings and it sucks right now because everybody's getting more and more nervous about COVID, but you know, my family's vaccinated and my friends are too. So it's like, there's only so much we can do and we want to spend the holidays together. So I'm excited for Christmas Eve. I'm excited for Christmas Day. Um, I just, it sucks. And I don't know if this is a product of getting older or just a product of being so busy right now with the shop. It just, dude, it does not feel like Christmas at all. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched, I've only seen like 30 minutes of Christmas Vacation. I haven't watched any other Christmas movie. This is bullshit. Like I need to get in the spirit. I need it to snow. It's like 60 degrees outside here in Rhode Island. It's warmer here than in LA, I think. This is ridiculous. It's pretty cold in LA today, I'll tell you what. Um, I got a question for you. So Kaylin and I have been arguing back and forth about this pretty consistently leading up to it. Christmas Day. So my siblings are coming into Vegas to hang out with all together for Christmas. Uh, Christmas Day, I wanted to like plan something for us, like go see a show or um, that's basically what it is. I wanted us to go see like Cirque du Soleil or something on Christmas Day. And Kaylin was like, no, like the point of Christmas Day is to like, just wake up in the morning and like lounge around in your pajamas all day long and like not have any obligations. And I get that. 
but I also was kind of saying like, yeah, but it's like it, it's it would be boring after a while. So like, let's plan something for later later in the day. So what's your stance on that? Christmas Day? Do you do you want to just stay in your house in your pajamas all day, or would you rather like have one thing planned? No, I'm I I, I want to stay in my pajamas all day. That's all I want to do. Um, listen, I understand your perspective. Like, uh, a friend of mine, her and her family, every single Christmas night goes. They go to the casino. Like that's their tradition. Hmm. And they go gamble as a family. It's actually quite fun. But I'm the guy, dude, I want to eat at like two or three. And I want to lay down on the couch and watch basketball or watch a Christmas movie and then pass the hell out and wake up on the 26th and continue with life and get ready for New Year's Eve. Um, That's what I want. It sucks, dude. I can't believe Christmas is already almost. It's oh, my God. It's eight days away. That is crazy. It doesn't feel like it. Like you were saying, I'm obviously not in Rhode Island, but even like in LA and Las Vegas, obviously there's never really going to be much snow, but it just doesn't feel like it's winter, you know? Yeah, I need a good snowfall. It's supposed to possibly snow tomorrow, but it's going to be like rain snow. So it's going to be disgusting and not pretty. Slushy and like, yeah, you're going to be splashing around. Oh, the worst. I need white snow. It snowed a little bit a few nights ago and I captured a nice little video outside Audrey's, which was great, but I need more snow. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, dude, it just sucks because I'm like snow after New Year's just blows. It's like <laughs> I want snow for the holidays and mm. then I want sun. But of course, it's going to snow in January and February and we're going to get four feet of snow and it's going to suck ass because we have nothing to look forward to except for spring to come. That's all we have to look forward to. Which is the melting of the snow. Melting of the snow. Warmer weather on the horizon. Summer almost on deck. That's the, <laughs> that's the light at the end of the tunnel. That's all we got. So all I want for the next week is just one, doesn't have to be a lot. I want flurries, anything. Give me snow. Give me a little bit of cold. I like the cold around the holidays. It's way too warm. I walked outside this morning. Granted, it was a little chilly because it was, you know, six o'clock in the morning, but it was too warm. I need snow. I'm in a relationship, okay? I need to cuddle. I need hot cocoa. All right. I'm not, I'm not, you know, hot girl summer right now. This is a hell of a rant you're going on here. Sorry. Well, you walked away. I didn't know if you were going to be able to like still communicate. <laughs> so I was like, I'll just talk for a few minutes until Dean sits back down. And now you're here and I'm still talking. Yeah. Like, I feel like Alistair Mad Eye Moody right now. I'm a good 10 pounds overweight. I'm pale as hell. I'm tired. My back hurts. I'm not in the Christmas spirit. I haven't bought any Christmas presents. I've bought one, one goddamn Christmas present. All I have, and I'm eight days away, and I'm not going to have any free time coming up. I've had two and a half hours of free time over the past three weeks. And do you want to know what I did with that? Do you want to know what I did with my two and a half hours of free time over the past three weeks? I went to go see Spider-Man No Way Home by myself. And do you want to know why? Because I'm dying to see it. And I was like, you know what, Jared? You deserve this. You're invested in the movie. You love film. You've been a fan of Spider-Man all your life. And you need to see this movie before it gets spoiled for you. And I'm so happy I did. There's literally a movie theater 20 feet, maybe not 20 feet, 200 feet from my coffee shop in South County Commons. I I left the coffee shop at 2.58. I saw a screening of Spider-Man at three o'clock in the movie theater. It was over by 5.30 and I was back in the coffee shop at 5.32. Hannah says Jared is stressing me out. I'm losing (laughs) my mind. No, I think this is great. I want you to keep going. This is the most fun I've ever had on the podcast ever. I'm glad. I'm happy for you. We should take a break. What else is stressing you out, man? Lots of things. We need to make more money. Let's take a break and hear from one of our wonderful sponsors, and we'll be back with emails on the other side. What do you say, Dean? Sure thing, Jared. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, Well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. 
That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to the podcast. We have emails, of course, Dean's favorite segment. The only reason he deals with my dumbass on this podcast on a weekly basis I don't know who else is in the uh, galaxy out there in this Zoom universe. Uh, Easton, you want to read a email or two? We got two. We got one from Devin. We have one from Gabby. Both great names. No anonymous this week, but I still feel like they're pretty juicy. Easton's not here, is he? So it's up to Hana to read them for us. Oh, I knew this was coming. Yeah. Hana. All right. Anna. <laughs> Our first email is from Devin. She says, my boyfriend and I have been together for just over two years. And the only real issue in our relationship is that his best friend has made it clear that she does not like me. She constantly makes passive aggressive comments to me, talks crap about me to other people in her friend group and refuses to hang out with me. Even when my boyfriend is there, she has literally left parties to avoid me in the past. As far as I know, I haven't said or done anything to offend her. So I have no idea what she has against me. I brought it up to my boyfriend several times over the past few months, but he keeps brushing it off and telling me not to take it personally. I've also tried reaching out to her to ask to meet up for lunch and to talk, but I've never heard back. What should I do? For context, we are all in our early 30s and they've been friends for almost nine years. Ooh. I think I got this one. I think I've cracked the case. I love it, Irritable Jared. Lay it on us. What do you got for us? Dude, this best friend is in love with your boyfriend, and she's extremely jealous of you, which is why she hates you and wants you out of the picture. She wants to eliminate you from the relationship so the best friend can swoop in like Julia Roberts in my best friend's wedding and try to convince her best friend that she's in love with him. Mm. Okay. That's what I think. That's kind of where my mind went to immediately as well, but also let's consider the alternative. Maybe the best friend has a good idea for like a, the best idea for the partner that this guy should have. And she doesn't agree with, uh, with him dating Devin because she knows that they're not a match. Think about it this way. There is like, you know, you can look at it from two perspectives where it's like, you have the protagonist on either side, like the, either the best friend is the good, is the, is the good guy or Devin is the good guy. And it's like, which one is which obviously it's up for the boyfriend to decide which one is which, but one of the, one of these people is going to have to go. Yeah. One of them's got to go. My initial reaction is saying the best friend. Oh my God, I have 
That's so funny. I'm staring at Ashley's VHS, VHS tapes, which she still has on her shelf. And guess which one is staring me at, in the face? Um, the one that you just talked about. My best friend's wedding, followed mm-hmm. by win a date with Tad Hamilton, wedding planner, ever after, what women want, a walk to remember, pretty woman, sleepless in Seattle, when Harry met Sally, ghost, and legally blonde. You know, that's a good VHS selection right If there. I had to make a list of what I would suspect Ashley's VHS collection to be like, that's exactly what it would be. Yeah, that's a fair statement. Anyway, back to Devin. I feel, yeah, listen, something's up. I, what makes me take Devin's side is Devin is saying that she's reaching out. She's mm. extending the olive branch. And this friend is not given any wiggle room, which makes me think that this friend already has her mind set and isn't willing to change it which makes me think that she's in love with the boyfriend and wants to be with him. Yeah, right. That's a good point. It's not a matter. It's not like she doesn't like Devin. She's just going to dislike whoever this guy is dating. So it's like the guy could be dating freaking J-Lo for goodness sake. And she's not going to like her because like you said, it sounds like she's got the hots for the guy. But that's, that's just, it's such a, it's such a bad trope to fall into, you know, like guys and girls should be able to be friends without this like ulterior motive looming. So I, I hate to go there, but I I do think you're right. I think that they're like, if you're reaching out, trying to be friendly with this best friend and she's kind of like rebuking all these advances, then she just seems like she might be into the guy. So what does she do? How do we, what, how do we advise Devin to proceed here? Because like, I don't want to go as far to say, tell your boyfriend that he needs to choose between what you or her. Right. I no, I don't think that's the appropriate. I think if you do that, you could push the boyfriend away. Yeah. Remember how this full circle moment right here on this podcast, when we were talking about the situation with Ashley and I, right? She said the pale thing. I said the pimply thing. And you said, you know, sometimes it's better just to be the bigger person. Mm. I think right now, Devin, maybe as much as it's going to suck and you're probably going to have to swallow your pride a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you are the bigger person in this instance and you are killing this best friend with kindness, I think you're boyfriend's going to appreciate it. And I think all you're going to do is make the best friend even more annoyed and mad, Mm -hmm. which secretly I think you want Devin because Mm -hmm. this person apparently doesn't like you. So treat them as if you were working at a coffee shop. Let's call this coffee shop Audrey's for for the sake of the argument. Just randomly picking a name out of it. If you were working at Audrey's and there was a customer that came in who was rude and disrespectful and wrong, I would ask my employee to just say, kill them with kindness, keep killing with the kindness. And then when they walk away, that's when you can say, this person sucks under your breath. But kill them with kindness. Anytime she goes low, you go high, baby. I was going to say too, to add, to bolster that point a little bit, is now your boyfriend is going to see you being continuously nice to this girl. And then she, he's going to see her continuously being passive aggressive and kind of jerky towards you. And I think it'll slowly like shift his mindset on who the bigger person really is, which what sounds like it's you. So I agree. Kill him with kindness. Maybe like don't go out of your way to hang out with this person anymore. Like you put your, you put your effort out there. You did your best. Uh, She obviously didn't want to reciprocate. And so now like just kind of do your best to be the bigger person. I agree. I think that's all, that's all sound advice. I think that's uh, that's the winning attitude right there. You know what else makes me think that Devin is in the right here? Hmm. Because she's a part of Suck Army. Oh. And if, if you listen to Help I Suck at Dating, then you have pretty good decision-making. And I think, right. Devin, you're probably in the right. We got yeah. your back. Jared, I'm impressed, man. You're, you got a lot of really good, really good things to say today. I need more coffee. I think I think you're probably good on the coffee. All right, well, Devin, so there's your answer. Hope it works out for you. Check in with us in like a month. Let us know how things are going. If you're in a situation similar to Devin, email us, isuckatdating at iheartmedia.com. Always got to sneak that in there. Um, Hannah, let's get to the last email here. What do you say? All right, the last email is from Gabby, and she says, this is my first time ever emailing. 
any podcast ever, but I had to because of the podcast episode titled Setting the Bar Low from February 4th in 2020. In this episode, you had Dr. Ish as the guest and you guys are speaking about your relationships. It is so crazy to hear Jared talk about wanting to open up a cafe and call Audrey's all the way back then. And now I am seeing it become a reality. Also, listening to Dean talk about marriage and relationships has changed to the way he speaks about it in the recent episodes. So Gabby has five questions, but I think we can end oh this last episode of 2021 with this question. It seems pretty fitting. She says, how do you think you have grown in the last two years individually as a couple and personally in relation to your relationship? Hmm. Well, I want to start off by saying, well, a couple of things I want to say. Gabby, thanks for being a listener. Thanks for emailing your first podcast ever. We're not, we're honored to be, uh, to have that milestone attached to your you know, podcast email. Gabby, Gabby feels like a plant. There's, the, yeah. there's, she's too good. This is too good of a question. Too good of a listener. This is Hannah in disguise. I don't care. She's real. Gabby, you're crushing it. Thank you very Gabby, much. Gabby, if, if you're real, you're amazing. And we love you so much. Cause this is one hell of an email. This is where my first thought went to is that Jared, she's giving Jared a lot of credit and she's not giving me much. not that I deserve it, but Jared, you said something in February and look, in December, it became a reality. Dean, you're getting better at your relationship. (laughs) It wasn't just February. It was February of last year. It was a year, almost two years ago. Mm, I missed that. I thought it was February of this year. Uh -uh, 2020. So yeah, so you have a very tangible, fungible thing. You know what I mean? And then me, I just, I got better in my relationship. That's, That's my takeaway from what Gabby said. But you know, I digress. I I appreciate it nonetheless because you're right. I have gotten way better at my relationship, which is not really a thing that can be said because who's to say that I am better? I don't know. Like who's to say that I'm better? Well, we can ask Kaylin. She'll know. Yeah, but like who is she to even say whether I'm better or not? You know what I mean? Like there's just a lot. She's an important piece in that. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. My point is you've got this very like tangible, like brick and mortar, rock solid thing. And then mine's just like an arbitrary thought that's out in the ether somewhere. Um, anyways, so the question was, how do you think you've grown in the last two years individually as a couple and personally in relation to your relationship? Um, I think that over the past two years, I, uh, well, Kaylin and I kind of got into an argument about this. And, and so maybe this isn't the best example to use, but I would say that I, um, over the past two years have gotten a lot more considerate of Kaylin's, um, I guess feelings a and like her livelihood have I take that into a lot more consideration when I make my decisions on a regular basis. Uh, the reason it kind of became a conversation piece today was I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go play golf two days tomorrow or next week with my one of my good buddies in Las Vegas, and she was like, oh, like we have a lot of stuff to do around the house. And I was like, well, I was kind of just giving you the courtesy of telling you what I'm doing. I'm not like I'm not sitting here asking for your permission to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, while I do say that, while I do say that I'm now more considerate of her feelings and the things that she wants. I still have to. I still have to do the things that I want to do to make me happy, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, you got to be a little, have a little individuality. Uh, I, I mean, going forward, I maybe you know wouldn't phrase it the way you phrased it in terms of you don't have to ask her permission to do things. Uh, she hated me. She hated me saying that. My point, my rebuttal with that was, I was saying like, if she was telling me she was going to go do something, I would never make her reconsider doing it. So I was just being like. Like, I want you to be able to do whatever you want guilt-free, and I want that luxury to be extended onto me, too. Like, I don't want to have to feel guilty for doing something that I want to do that's going to make me happy, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, you should, you guys will totally be fine in marriage. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Uh, for, how do you think you've grown in the last two years individually? I don't. I think I've been more ingrained in my relationship. I'm more Mr. Ashley I now than I ever was prior <laughs> Uh, so how have I grown in the relationship? Again, I just tell her she's more and more right every day. Oh, that's love, man. That's just beautiful love. That's just being tired and just accepting the fact that I'm second fiddle. And that's fine. Soon to be third well, fiddle. I was going to say soon to be third fiddle. Exactly right. Um, all right, Hannah, what about there's there's five questions here. What's the second one, Hannah? Yeah, come on, Hannah. Help us out. Okay, you want You're more? the best. 
Okay. The second question says, I relate a lot to Jared when he said he was really wanting to be with his family in Rhode Island and having a hard time separating him and Ashley moving forward together versus him, his family, and Ashley moving forward together. With that being said, Jared, how is your mindset with that now since you are back home? Uh, I really... Having a hard time separating him and Ashley moving forward together. I don't think I ever had issues separating Ashley and I, like separating Ashley from my family. I think my goal moving home was to only integrate Ashley more into my family, which I think I've um, succeeded in that goal. She's now very close with my sister and my mom and my cousins. And, you know, she comes watch me. She comes to watch me play co-ed softball on Sundays which is always fun. Uh, and it's just, yeah, I mean, moving to Rhode Island, I, I wanted Ashley to be more ingrained in, in the family, and she has been. So it's honestly been really good. So that's my mindset. Just to, you know, I'd say I guess the only difficult part is having her parents be in a different state because she she gets jealous sometimes, rightfully so, that like I get to see my family so much and she doesn't get to see her parents as much, but... You know, I mean, I told her from day one that I was wanting to move back to Rhode Island and, and for that purpose to see my family more often. So it's not a surprise or anything like that. But I, I guess that's something that she's had to deal with a little bit more. And, and, and you know, that sucks. Like if I was in, if we lived in Virginia and we were with her parents 24-7 and her sister, I'd be like, well, shit. like I want to I want to go to dinner with my family, the, you know, tomorrow. But you just can't. Cool. Well. That's that's a very nice answer there, Jared. Like I said, you've been on fire today, man. Sorry, I was. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I did kind of, uh, I did kind of drift off a little bit there. I'm paying one of my uh, car payments, so um, well, I'm back. Do that. I'm back. Is it late? Are you? Is it due today? Seven days late, but they give me a seven day days. Grace they give me a fifteen day grace period, so it's not. It's not that fifty deal. days. Fifteen days. That's one hell of a grace period. What kind of car do you have? It's my motorcycle. It's my Harley, but. Um, on that note, I think it's time for us to say goodbye. Dude, I get dinged immediately. If I don't pay within like five minutes, I'm charged 30 bucks. <laughs> I want to set up auto pay, but they won't let me set up auto pay. It's the dumbest thing in the world. Who doesn't um, let you set up auto pay? It's 2021. That's what, soon to be right. 2022. It's 2021, but it's coming to a close. Thank you guys so much for joining us for our last episode of 2021. We got some big changes on the way for help. I suck at dating coming early 2022. We haven't fully ironed out exactly what they're going to be yet, but we have been discussing um, some things. I don't know if I if I want to say anything specific yet, but there might be a new face uh, to look at if you're watching this through the video. There might be a new voice to hear if you're listening through the audio. So just uh, kind of keep your ear close to the ground and uh, you know see what happens next. Because honestly, I don't I don't know yet, but we're working on something. Anyways, that's going to do it for this week's episode. That's going to do it for this year's episode of help yeah. I suck at dating. Big thank you to Gabby. Big thank you to Devin for emailing us. Keep the emails rolling. I help. Wait, no, what is the email address? I suck at dating at iheartmedia.com. I'm going to say it one more time. I suck at dating at iheartmedia.com. My computer is about to die. This is incredible timing. Perfect um, timing. I hope you guys all have a, an incredible Merry Christmas, a happy Hanukkah, a happy Kwanzaa, uh, just the holidays across the board. If you don't celebrate, just have a great end of your year. Um, hopefully you have a happy new year. Be safe. Don't drink and drive. What else, Jared? Anything else before we say goodbye? Happy holidays, you filthy animals. Jared, another great year with you. I love you so much. I can't wait I can't for next believe year. We, we're gonna... we made it another year. Look yes. at this. Look at us. Who would have thought? Huh? Right. Freaking call us potting mix because the miracle grow we're about to experience is going to be even more so than we had last year. Um, Hannah, you're incredible. Easton, I feel like I'm on, I'm, I'm giving my Oscar speech right now. I couldn't do it without Hannah. I couldn't do it without Easton. Mark, uh, everyone back in the studio for mixing this together. We're going to start oh, playing Kaylin. the music on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, guys, I got to go. So I'll see y'all later. Um, have a, have a, have a great rest of your year. See ya. Bye. Follow help by suck at dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles.
With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share black lead products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black lead products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.